Matt Hicks, the FF Educator, here with a different kind of episode. We are into November. I am in the film room daily, you know, adding to the draft evaluations that are available on the Rookie Big Board, and it just gave me the itch. It gave me the itch to do a mock draft, an NFL mock draft, so we can start to get an idea, start to contextualize where some of our favorite fantasy football relevant players could end up. So that's what we're going to do here on today's episode. Before we jump into it, just want to put the plug out there, folks. If you have been listening to the Rookie Big Board consistently now, and you are not subscribed over at patreon.com slash rookiebigboard, this is the time. You want to be ahead of your league mates. It starts now. You want to be in the Rookie Big Board Discord. Like I said, draft evaluations are going in. I have 12 wide receiver draft evaluations already in and counting. You want to be in on that, be able to have that access. to. So head on over to patreon.com slash rookiebigboard, just $5 a month or 15% off an annual subscription. All right, let's do it. Let's get into that NFL mock draft. All right, some ground rules before we jump into this. So, as you know, I scout fantasy-relevant players. So, what I'm going to do here, I'm going to go through the first three rounds of an NFL mock draft, okay? Because that's that prime fantasy football draft capital. But I'm only going to be talking about the fantasy-relevant selections. I'm going to move fairly quickly through most of these guys so that we have time to cover three rounds worth of content. The goal of this mock draft is to start to get an idea of where some of these players could go, right? Because you can put actual uh, projections on them, but if you're not doing it within the context of the whole NFL and, and you know where team needs may lie, you're not going to really have a full understanding of it. The other ground rule here that I want to put down is this is November, all right? These are going to change. Guys are going to move around. Some of these guys are going to jump up. Some of these guys are going to fall pretty rapidly. But again, we're just trying to get an idea of where we are at this point in time. I'm recording this during Sunday night football. Uh, so it, the draft order is updated uh, up to the beginning of the Buffalo Bengals game. All right, believe I got all the disclaimers out of the way. So let's go ahead and get into it here. Pick number one, the Arizona Cardinals are on the clock. I will not do trades in this. All right, that's just way too complicated at this point in time. We will do some full NFL mock drafts when it gets closer. We will do trades when it gets closer. But as of right now, the Arizona Cardinals have the first pick. Kyler Murray looks like he's going to be coming back imminently. But in this situation, they have the number one pick. And if they have the number one pick, they're going to take a quarterback. And I am going to stick with Caleb Williams here. Uh, listen, Drake May is making it closer. I'm excited. The fact it will be a discussion. We have to put Caleb under the microscope. We have to put Drake May under the microscope. But at this point in time, I do think Caleb Williams' athleticism, his uh, playmaking ability, his arm talent, uh, all of that is going to give him 
a little bit of a lead to NFL evaluators. Uh, and so Arizona, I think, would be happy to take him with the first overall pick. Coming off the board second, I have Marvin Harrison Jr. coming off the board to the Bears. So I mentioned I'm not really going to talk about the non-fantasy relevant picks, but I do have the Bears here going Marvin Harrison Jr., then Olu Fashanu, uh, wide receiver, offensive tackle. Now, maybe it's a little bit of bias. Maybe it's a little bit of take lock here, but I do still believe in Justin Fields. I think he's a really strong prospect. Uh, and I think that the the Bears would rather double down, give him weapons, protect him, and give him uh, an immediate top 10, top 12 uh, wide receiver in the NFL to target here. With that draft capital, if Marvin Harrison goes top three, which is absolutely possible, there's going to be a real conversation, a real conversation we can have in terms of does Marvin Harrison Jr. go above one, if not both, of these quarterbacks, even in a super flex league? I'm not saying we're there, but I'm saying that conversation absolutely could happen. All right, moving on to number four here, Drake May to the New York Giants. Listen, maybe this is a little bit of wish casting here as a Giants fan, uh, but I, I do think the Giants would take quarterback, even if Daniel Jones is perfectly healthy going into next year. Now it looks like it may be a season-ending ACL injury. Uh, Drake May has prototypical NFL size. He's got the arm talent. His mechanics have improved tremendously. So I've you've heard me talk about Drake May in a lot of different contexts. And what I've seen so far, I've done you know some light tape review of Drake May. He's going to be under the full microscope soon. But I've really seen that footwork improve this season. Uh, and the mechanics have followed with that footwork. So the biggest thing I wanted to see him improve on, it looks like especially over the last couple weeks, he has improved on that. That's starting to look more consistent. And that's going to make him a pretty locked in top five NFL draft picks. So Drake May off the board here to the New York Giants at four. We have two quarterbacks going in the first four picks. The next fantasy relevant pick is another quarterback. We're going to slide down to eight with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and I'm going to have them take my quarterback three in this draft. That's J.J. McCarthy. I love J.J. McCarthy's uh, mechanics. He's got the best mechanics of any quarterback in this class. Uh, I think he has underrated arm talent. He has very underrated mobility and athleticism. I think the Tampa Bay Bucks, you know, a franchise that's really looking for that reset, that restart, uh, would love to be able to get J.J. McCarthy at eight here. Coming off the board at nine uh, to the Denver Broncos is going to be our second wide receiver. I went with Keon Coleman here. You know, the Denver Broncos, there's been a lot of chatter of them moving Cam Sutton um, or Cortland Sutton, sorry, or Jerry Judy at the trade deadline. Neither one of those guys ended up getting moved, but they absolutely could leading up to or into the draft. And I think that if you're the Denver Broncos, you look at Keon Coleman's size and athleticism, you can you can put that on the outside. Pair that up with Marvin Mims, uh, another really complimentary young wide receiver there. And whether it's Russell Wilson for the next year, the next few years here, you're really starting to, to set up an offense that has some dynamic weapons for him. Moving down to number 12 here, the next fantasy relevant selection is going to be Malik Neighbors, the wide receiver at LSU Going to the Atlanta Falcons. I'm sorry, folks. I had to do it. Uh, 12 even feels kind of low for Malik Neighbors at this point in time. He'll probably be wasted, but at least on paper, it makes a ton of sense. You know, in terms of actual wide receiver depth behind Drake London, there's really not much. But now we would have uh, Malik Neighbors, Drake London, uh, and Kyle Pitts all in the same offense. We would just have to figure out the quarterback situation. And they're not going to invest that top premium capital because I think after J.J. McCarthy, there's a real drop-off uh, in terms of quarterback uh, caliber because I'm going to give you a spoiler alert. In this mock draft, I have both Quinn Ewers and Shador Sanders returning. So neither one of those guys would have made sense. And I'm not quite ready to take one of the senior quarterbacks yet. 
Uh, but Atlanta will circle back to the quarterback position here in the mid-rounds. Coming off the board at number 13 is Brock Bowers, the tight end out of Georgia. I think Brock Bowers is going to go top 15. There's other spots that I could have taken him here, but I think he'd be a really, really nice fit here in Washington. Sam Howell, I think, is playing well, and he's playing well enough to keep his job into next year. But if I have a young, developing quarterback, what I would love to give him is a really reliable underneath tight end. I think Brock Bowers' ability to win underneath really, really complements Jahan Dotson and, and Terry McLaurin out there on the outsides. Uh, and we've seen... Uh, Washington really leaned into that tight end position despite not having like a, a top-tier guy, and now they absolutely could. 16 is going to be Amika Egbuka, the wide receiver out of Ohio State, going to the Arizona Cardinals. I think this is a really nice pairing here. You would have Caleb Williams at quarterback with your first overall selection, and then you would have Hollywood Brown playing in the slot. You could put Amika Igbuka on the outside opposite of Michael Wilson, and I think that's a really, really strong young wide receiver trio uh, to give your young quarterback here. Moving down board at 20. All right, this might feel a little spicy, but I'm riding high off of what was still a strong performance, even in a loss. Jaden Daniels, the first senior quarterback off the board at 20 to the Vikings. Listen, you, just as much as me, loved seeing that Josh Dobbs performance. But it's very clear here that Kirk Cousins' future in Minnesota is uncertain. They have no depth at that position here. They literally, uh, you know, just won a game off the back of a guy who just got to the team five days ago, didn't, didn't even know the playbook. So they have to address the quarterback position. It may not seem like the flashiest pick, but Jaden Daniels has improved tremendously as a passer this season. His pocket presence and his his ability to anticipate where his wide receivers uh, are going to be has improved tremendously. He has game-changing athleticism, game-changing mobility, and I think at pick 20, that's a sweet spot. That's a really good value spot for Jaden Daniels, who could turn around an NFL franchise. So it might feel a little high at this point in time, but I don't think it would feel high uh, necessarily in April. All right, moving down board here. We're getting towards the end of the first round. We're going to do Rome Adunze coming off the board, pick number 24 for the Houston Texans. I will say I did Rome Adunze's film review, his draft evaluation, again, available over at patreon.com slash rookiebigboard. I was low relative to consensus on Roma Dunze uh, heading into the season. I do see the upside here with the Dunze. I think he's really improved in the areas that I, I struggled with for him, especially his contested catchability, especially his ability uh, to separate. I still think, though, relative to consensus, I'm going to be low on Roma Dunze. So some people would put him in the mock draft as high as 10 or 12. I don't think NFL teams are going to feel that way. But if you are an Dunze fan, you should be plenty happy with this landing spot here at 24 to the Houston Texans. Because he's going to have the opportunity to have a ton of volume. We've seen Tank Dell be able to ball out. C.J. Stroud has been performing at an absolutely uh, tremendous level for a, a young rookie quarterback. So to put a Dunze, a big man on the outside, um, you know, think of what Nico Collins is doing, but hopefully plus plus, right? If you're an Adunze fan. So I think that's a really fun landing spot. And then I'm taking my guy here, Troy Franklin, uh, at 29 to the Detroit Lions. So hey, it's Franklin. Coming over to play. Franklin. So you look at what the Detroit Lions are putting together here. Jamison Williams, things are going, you know, kind of in and out with him. 
Obviously, Alman Ross St. Brown is the guy, but you put Troy Franklin in that Josh Reynolds role uh, on the opposite side of JMO, and all of a sudden, man, that, that makes a lot of sense. You get a field stretcher. You get somebody who can really separate consistently, uh, and I think that Jared Goff would just feast with Troy Franklin. I think it's a perfect combination guy right there. The idea of, of Franklin being able to to not pull that primary coverage that ARSB might be pulling or JMO might be pulling uh, if he's able to kind of get things together more consistently. I think that could be a really, really solid fantasy football landing spot. No more fantasy relevant guys here going in the first round, uh, but we are making pretty good time. So we're going to roll right into the second round at pick 34 to the Carolina Panthers. I'm going to go Xavier Worthy out of Texas. I do think that if Carolina had their choice, they would prefer maybe a little bit more of an X profile here because I, I don't think they have that guy on the roster. But what do you have with the Xavier Worthy is a guy with a little bit of scheme versatility. Now, I think he's going to be best playing in the slot in the NFL, which is why I have him going to Carolina because we've seen what Adam Thielen has been able to do with Bryce Young and just absolutely feast in that underneath role. But Xavier Worthy might not be able to get that role right away, but you can put him in that, that uh, you can play him along the boundary. And so I think he could start his career either along the boundary or take Adam Thielen's role in the slot. Either way, he kind of uh, gives Bryce Young an explosive weapon underneath. He's going to need help. They're going to need to help uh, Bryce Young uh, if if they're going to, you know, really invest in him, which I think they are committed to doing. Uh, moving down here to pick 40, Adane Mitchell out of Texas is going to go to the New Orleans Saints. I got to tell you, Mitchell was one of the guys who definitely jumped in the rookie big board after I put his draft evaluation in. His explosiveness, his downfield acceleration combined with his speed, I think is a super unique thing. I don't know that he'll go round one because he is a bit raw. He's a bit inconsistent. He shows up in games. He doesn't show up in games. But I think if you put A.D. Mitchell, Adane Mitchell on the boundary opposite of Chris Olave, then you're going to have a really, really nice weapon for NFL purposes. And I don't know that he'll ever be the most consistent fantasy football weapon, but I do think he's going to be that type of fantasy football weapon that's just going to hook players in. All right, now, moving down board, 46 and 47. We have a little bit of a quarterback run at 46 to the Las Vegas Raiders. I'm taking Bo Nix. Now, folks, no, I've been high on Bo Nix this whole way through. I think that he has excellent decision-making. I think that he has great anticipation. He's got good mechanics in the pocket. I think he's got more arm talent than people are willing to give him credit for. But I do still think he's a day-two selection. I think four quarterbacks, assuming Shador Sanders and Quinn Ewers do return to college, I think four quarterbacks is an appropriate number. If you want to make the argument that Bo Nix is the, is the senior quarterback that goes in the first round instead of Jaden Daniels, that's fine. But I do think there will be a little bit of a lull here as we turn into the early second round. But the Raiders absolutely need to address the quarterback position. Uh, at this point, they don't have the capital to do that in the first round. So I think in the second round with Bo Nix, you do have a pro-ready quarterback. I think you can throw Bo Nix in right away. Will he be that guy that you know dominates the league? Is he going to be a C.J. Stroud-type rookie production? No. But I also don't think he's going to be the type of rookie that would come in and, and have a horrible touch on interception turnover ratio. Like He's a guy who protects the ball and can manage an offense right off the bat. And as he starts to get comfortable, you open up that playbook a little bit more. You give him a little bit more uh, responsibility. And I think he's a guy two, three years down the road could really thrive in that role. At 47, I, I told you that I would circle back to the quarterback position. Who's going to be throwing the ball uh, to Malik Neighbors in our scenario? To 
uh, Kyle Pitts in our scenario, to Drake London. I'm going to go with Michael Penix Jr. Now, Michael Penix Jr. is the guy that a lot of folks want to shove into the first round. They want to really cram him in there, make sure that he gets that selection. Folks, I understand if you watch that senior year tape, it looks really, really good. You have to understand. I've said this multiple times before. Two torn ACLs. All right, for Michael Penix Jr., multiple upper body injuries throughout his college career. It's going to be difficult for me to really believe that he's a first-round pick until I hear his name called in the first round. I'm not going to believe it because I've seen this story before. I've seen this rodeo before, and I wouldn't doubt if 47 is even too high. But Falcons made a lot of sense here, and I think they are a team that even if he does have an extensive medical history, they're a team who might be willing to roll the dice because they really need to hit on the quarterback position. And Michael Penix Jr., with his arm talent, with his accuracy, uh, with his pocket presence, does have the ability to be a guy who could hit. 49, Jatavian Sanders out of Texas to the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, because what do we do every single year? We try to get an athletic tight end into the Bengals offense because it would be really fun and it would be really productive for fantasy purposes. So we're just going to keep doing that, even though we know the Bengals probably won't do it. All right, pick number 50, one running back. One running back made it into the top 50 selections. I do think the running back position was the one I had the most difficulty. I, I really waited a while, and then you're going to see we go on a pretty quick running back streak here as we get into the third round especially. But the first running back that comes off the board for NFL purposes at this point in time, I think it's Travion Henderson, and he's going to go to the Green Bay Packers. You look at Travion Henderson's running style, that ability to smash in between the tackles, that second gear, uh, that ability to uh, really hit an open gap, have good acceleration, lower lower body physical strength, uh, good contact balance. I, I do think Henderson is a really natural replacement there for Aaron Jones and what Green Bay wants to do in that offense. All right, the next fantasy-relevant player to come off the board is going to be another running back at pick 58. It's going to be Braylon Allen to the New York Giants. I think Braylon Allen is a really good scheme fit for the New York Giants. He's a physical back. I think they're going to most likely move on from Saquon Barkley after this season. So that's the assumption here. And if they do move on from Saquon Barkley, there's no depth uh, realistically behind them. So they would have to address the running back position. Braylon Allen is a good in pass protection. So in this situation, uh, we'd feel comfortable having him out there next to Drake May. And I think Braylon Allen is a guy that could really grind in between the tackles. Listen, he's not going to go to the combine. He's not going to run the fastest 40, but I love his vision. You need a, a running back with good vision behind a suspect, inconsistent New York Giants uh, offensive line. Uh, so I think at pick 58, the Giants would be doubling down on investing in their offense, and they'd be smart to do so. One more fantasy-relevant selection here in round two, and that's going to be Xavier Leggett, the wide receiver out of South Carolina. You have size, you have speed, and that's going to match up at, at selection 63 to the Kansas City Chiefs. So you pair uh, Leggett with Rashi Rice and, of course, uh, Travis Kelsey underneath. You're starting to get a really nice young wide receiver lineup here uh, to pair with Pat Mahomes. All right, we're going to move into the third round here First fantasy-relevant selection in the third round is at pick 68 to the Chicago Bears. We're going to go with Carson Beck, the quarterback out of Georgia. Carson Beck, you look at that prototypical NFL size, you look at his pocket presence, great decision-making, uh, and really nice accuracy. I think he's one of the biggest risers at this point in the NFL draft. And I don't think the Bears, you know, address the quarterback position in the first round, in this scenario at least, but I do think that they would have to at some point invest in the quarterback position. Uh, and so I think Carson Beck, 
quarterback is that really nice combination there. Also, I will put a caveat in here. I do think there's a decent chance Carson Beck goes back to college this year, puts in one more season at Georgia, and tries to play his way into the first round conversation in 2025. At pick 69 here, again, <laughs> I, I call my bias out. Maybe this is just my Giants fandom coming out. But I went with Brian Thomas Jr., the wide receiver at LSU. We got to get a big man. If we're going to draft a wide receiver, it's got to be a big man. And Brian Thomas Jr., he combines size, 6'4", over 200 pounds. Uh, with that boundary presence, he's got great downfield acceleration. He's got great handwork. And if you're going to you know, invest in a young quarterback, you got to make sure he has weapons. And my goodness, if you're going to draft Drake May in the top five, please give him somebody above 5'10 that he can throw the ball to downfield. Uh, pick 70, tight end Cade Stover out of Ohio State. I got to tell you, Cade Stover out of Ohio State, great blocker, a good pass catcher. I think he probably goes higher than this. It's it's a, just a little bit of the board playing out funky here as I get used to how these you know drafts might line up past the first round. Uh, but I think with the Rams would be really happy with Stover underneath. Pick 71, I have the Denver Broncos going with Spencer Rattler, the quarterback out of South Carolina. It may sound really high, and it may end up being really high, but from what I'm hearing, from what I'm interpreting, I think the NFL is a lot higher than we are on Spencer Rattler. Remember, at one point in time, Spencer Rattler was a, a top 10 projection. He's got top 10 tools. What's always been holding him back is his decision making. And despite the fact that the South Carolina offensive line has been really, really rough this year, Spencer Rattler has displayed pretty good decision making and definitely an improvement. If you look at the type of quarterbacks that Sean Payton has had success with in the past, uh, you look at kind of a natural stylistic replacement for Russell Wilson. I think Spencer Rattler could make a lot of sense for the Denver Broncos. Pick number 74. I'm going to go with Blake Corum of the Tampa Bay uh, to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers from Michigan. Uh, I like Rashad White. Y'all know I like Rashad White. But I think that Blake Corum's uh, running style is a really, really nice compliment to Rashad White. And I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers would be really happy to pair up Blake Corum. We're going to start seeing these running backs coming off the board. Uh, and what I really want to emphasize to you with the running backs and, and to a big degree the wide receivers as I've been taking them as well, it's I'm, I'm trying to line up skill sets with scheme fits, okay? And so these guys are going to move all around. Uh, I'm not, just because I took Blake Corum over, for instance, I'm about to take Devin Neal with the next pick. That doesn't mean I like Blake Corum more than Devin Neal. That's that's not how it's working right now. We're doing an NFL mock draft, so I'm trying to, you know, do those stylistic comparisons here. Uh, but at pick 75, I just referenced it, I'm going to take Devin Neal, my guy, the running back out of Kansas. I'm going to take him to the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, you know, I think this gives the Chargers a really good out if they don't want to keep paying Austin Eckler. I do think they do keep paying Austin Eckler. Devin Neal can be a rotational guy. They desperately need that. And then Neal can take over the offense, a really electric offense, pun intended here, when they do eventually move on from Austin Eckler. Uh, we have a decent little gap here before our next fantasy-relevant player, but at 82, I'm going to take Roman Wilson, the wide receiver out of Michigan, to the Cincinnati Bengals. Listen, I don't know what's going on with the Bengals uh, wide receiver situation. I don't know that they're going to pay T Higgins. I do think Tyler Boyd is going to move out at some point in time. I got to, I got to tell you, I watched the Roman Wilson tape that draft evaluation is in. And I thought, I think he's a really underrated player. I think folks are really going to like Roman Wilson. He has a verified sub four four forty time from high school. So he's super fast. If he does run sub, uh, I think he ran a four three seven in high school, if I'm remembering correctly. And if he runs a four three seven, 
uh, in Indianapolis. He's he's not fallen to 82, I can tell you that much. But he can play in what I like about Roman Wilson, uh, 6'0, 190. He could play inside outside. All right, he's got some scheme versatility to him, and I try not to overuse that word, but I do think Roman Wilson has that scheme versatility. So if you want to put him in the slot, he's got really clean footwork. He separates really well. He's got really consistent hands. If you want to put him along the boundary, like I mentioned, you can really lean into that downfield acceleration ability. Uh, he stems really nicely off of his post routes. He's got a you know a, a very um, uh, a very good go route, which sounds very simple, but he just wins into the deep field. At pick 86, man, it feels bad. It feels bad waiting this long to take Raheem Sanders, but I am going to take Raheem Sanders here uh, to the Browns at 86. I think he pairs up really nicely with Jerome Ford. I don't want to bury Jerome Ford, but I do think Raheem Sanders would come in uh, and probably, you know, do like a 60-40 split, a 55-35, you know, split, leave some uh, leftover for, uh, I'm forgetting uh, who else is the running back uh, in that offense. I want to say Dimitri Fallon, but I feel like that's outdated. All right, so anyways, Raheem Sanders, listen, it's the injury. It's the injury. If Raheem Sanders can get back healthy and put together these consistent performances and, and really, you know, I want to like Rocket Sanders, folks, but he's not going to run the fastest. We already know that. And in this injury, it just seems to be nagging. Uh, so we haven't seen really 100% fully healthy Raheem Sanders yet this season. And if we go into draft season without seeing that, folks, I just, it's not a good sign. It's its not a, a recipe for success for fantasy football purposes and certainly not for draft capital purposes. 87, Jonathan Brooks, the running back out of Texas to the Dallas Cowboys. All right, maybe we're just getting a little cute here with the Dallas and the Austin connection here, but I think Brooks you know, smashes in between the tackles. I think he's a perfect spell back there, rotational back with Tony Pollard. I don't think you have to choose one or the other. Listen, at this point in time, folks, at this point in this running back class, anybody we're taking, it's going to be a lot of committee work at the running back position. Pick number 90 here, uh, Trey Benson from Florida State. I'm not high on Trey Benson. I haven't done his 2023 film review, but I was really low on his uh, 2022 film review. I think that vision is really suspect, and it's a really important trait for me in the running back position. Um, but he does have, have good uh, contact balance, good lower body strength, and he is a, a, a physical back that can accelerate in a straight line. And that, to me, screams Kyle Shanahan. I think that he will would fit in perfectly as that kind of rotational back. He'll have some huge weeks. He'll have some absolutely ghost weeks. He'll be incredibly frustrating, and that just feels right for Trey Benson at this point in time. Pick 92, folks. We are nearing the end here. Pick 92, uh, Jaheim Bell, the tight end out of Florida State. I'm going to send him to the Detroit Lions. I'm, of course, not trying to take away any targets from Sam Laporta, but I think Dan Campbell could make really good use of this versatile, athletic tight end. I don't know that it'll be great for fantasy purposes because I don't know that he'll you know, really command more than four or five targets in any particular game, but I think it's a really good NFL fit. And 93 here, I went with Devontae Walker to the Ravens uh, out of North Carolina. I think Devontae Walker could easily be uh, an early second round selection. I think he could be much higher, but I haven't done the film review on him yet. We only have a month of tape from him because of that, that weird suspension. And so I just think there's a lot of variables. I believe he does still have eligibility if he wanted to come back one more year. Uh, but if he, you know, whether the Ravens take him at 93 or, or take him in the back end of the first round, I think he could be a really good fit for that team. I, I, I think 
The Ravens are a team that's not afraid to double down, keep investing in the wide receiver position. I think we know that although he finally had a, a good week, that OBJ is not you know necessarily that boundary wide receiver of the future for the Ravens. And I think Devontae Walker could complement them really well. And not a super exciting finish here to the fantasy-relevant players. But at 95, I will take Brevin Spann for the tight end out of Minnesota. Uh, I think that he is a good NFL selection. He's going to go to the Houston Texans here, who do have Dalton Schultz, but they could definitely use another tight end here as they continue to surround, protect C.J. Stroud, but also give him weapons to pass to. So there you have it. That is a three-round NFL mock draft, just focusing on the fantasy-relevant players. Again, folks, the idea of this mock draft is just to start thinking about how these guys stylistically fit into the schemes, how they may go in terms of my NFL draft projection for them, and how those you know pair up. With, with the needs of NFL teams and all those things come together. We're going to do some more in-depth mock drafts, especially first, second round mock drafts here as we get closer, but that should help give you an idea of the, the type of, of draft capital projections. And hopefully it was a little bit of fun too. I definitely had fun, uh, maybe a little bit too much fun kind of projecting forward and, and how these guys could already start fitting into fantasy football lineups. As always, I appreciate you checking out this episode of the Rookie Big Bull.